Welcome back to the Indiana Bible College podcast where we've got today Brother Kilman, Dean of Biblical Studies here at IBC, preaching a message entitled, Consider the Vineyard. I'm going to tell you this is probably one of the best messages that I've heard in a long time. I know that you'll enjoy it, but before you consider the vineyard, I'd like to offer you this consideration. Visit www.gotoibc.com forward slash IBC Live. You can purchase your tickets there, February 2nd, 2018. Until then, let's consider the vineyard. Brother Bobby Kilman, consider the vineyard. Not sure if that's good or bad, but it's just true. All right, I'm, I'm getting way too comfortable. Thank you, lady. You can, you can uh, join the rest of the congregation. Give the ministers a little time, or the musicians a little time off. Isaiah chapter 5. I'm going to read seven short verses. Now will I sing, prophet Isaiah um, prophesying. Interesting, right? All of you worship studies people. The prophet Isaiah was a preacher, and yet he sang. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath the vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And notice what, what said of the vineyard. He fenced it. He gathered out the stones thereof. He planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a winepress therein. And then the prophet speaking, uh, he says, and he looked that it should bring forth grapes. And it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem, a men of Judea, Judah, judge, I pray you, the prophet saying, speaking for the Lord, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard? What more could have been done, God says, that I have not done it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. You go there, God says. I will take away the hedge thereof. It shall be eaten up and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged. God's saying, you want to go your own way? Okay, I will let you go. I won't dig. I won't prune. But there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. Then the prophet says, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. He looked for judgment but behold oppression, for righteousness, but behold a cry. I, I want to, uh, I don't know if this is going to be, I don't know that we're going to run aisles today, but I want to preach a little bit on consider the vineyard. Consider the vineyard. This is a beautiful portion of Scripture. Uh, the children of Israel were surrounded by the Canaanite influence. And, and the prophet is saying when God made us a nation, he knew about the influences. And, and he knew that you would need particular types uh, of things in, you ready, uh, in place in terms of care. And so the Bible says that uh, my well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he's saying where I have chosen for this to exist. Uh, it's, a, it's a good place. 
And, and, I, and not just the hill, it uh, could be some scholars say Mount Tabor, and, and it could be that, they, you know, that the, the Lord said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on this side of the hill, and the sunlight hits it just right. And, and it's going to be fruitful. It's, it's ideally placed, Brother Rodenbush, to ultimately bring forth the best of things. But, but the Lord said, I, I know there's some influences I have to deal with. You guys are going to be in the vineyard today. And so he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some things. i got to prepare the land. i got a lot of things I want to do. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to grow this to the point uh, where it can produce. Reminds me of a story. My little boy, I love to tell stories of my boy. He was about three years old. Some of you have heard this story. Forgive me for it. I just feel like it fits today. Drew, my, my son, was with mom, and they're at Walmart, and... Mama's love language is gift-giving. And so she gets him a little prize and brings it home. And he kind, of, he kind of fell into the trap that every time he went to Walmart, he should get a prize. And so he's, he's wearing her out, Brother White. He said, Mama, I want a prize. Mama, can I have a prize? Mama, can I please have a prize? And, and, and finally, Mama looks at him and says, No, Joel, you can't have a prize. I got you a prize the last time we were at Walmart. I'm not getting you another prize. But, Mommy, I want a prize. And so uh, Amy looks at him and says, well, buddy, first of all, we can't afford to get you a prize every time we come to Walmart. And she said, and even if mama could get you a prize every time we came to Walmart, that would make you a jerk. Just let that sit. And she said, and mommy would be a bad mommy. So they're going down the aisle a little bit, and that little guy's just kind of mulling it over in his head, and he kind of mumbles under his breath. Sometimes I wish you had me a bad mommy. And I know the pressure. Sometimes you think you just want a bad preacher who will tell you what you want to hear, give you everything that you want. You know, and, and I understand there's a whole lot of people in this generation, the Bible prophesied of it, they would heap to themselves. Teachers having itching ears, and they'll tell them just what they want to hear. But you ready? I'm not interested in being a bad preacher today. I'm going to give you the word of the Lord. So God is talking about the children of Israel and, and he brings his revelation to Israel about who he is. And we were singing about it earlier, about his holiness. And I, I can't wait to get some of you freshmen into holiness because you can't be intimidated by the holiness of God. Holiness is an opportunity for God to invite us into a protected place, a fruitful place, a place that will grow things that can't grow anywhere else. So God says, I, I, I'm going to give you a revelation of a, who I am. But revelation always has purpose. Revelation always has the, in, the purpose of an invitation to participate. So God says, I'm going to invite you to participate in my freedom, in my protection, and in my glory. The Apostle Peter says it this way, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So what are you saying today, Brother Kilman? I'm saying when God planted a vineyard, the first thing He did was He put a hedge up. 
I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go slow because there's some people that I promise you that you and I, I'm going to preach two ways today. I know I'm going to have to convince some of you that the commands of God are for your blessings. I promise you God has never fenced some things out of our lives unless he meant it to be a blessing. I'm going to help you today because, see, and this is what you need to do. You need to have conviction as a minister and a preacher. And if you've got no hedges in your ministry, there's no going to, oh, help me, Jesus. There's not going to be any protection in your churches. And there's not going to be any freedom and goodness in your youth group. Now, I I just want to preach, but I I just got to go slow. I just got to go slow. I want to build your understanding. See, because Brother Eads, uh, I, I live inside of this. I live in the place that the Lord has planted me. And he's put some hedges up around me. And I, and I understand the power of the hedge is to keep some things out of my life. Because when I look at my marriage, I don't have a marriage bishop like out in the world. And I understand the grass could look greener on the other side. And what you're going to have to do is convince young people that the life that you can have in the Spirit, the life that you can have, Nate, in the power of holiness is a life of protection, a life of blessing, a life not marked by the same issues in the world. So there's a hedge. It's the first thing. Everybody say the first thing. So the first thing you better get down, nailed down in your ministry is that you're going to be about hedges. Now I'm trying to go on, but I'm not going to go on until I feel released from the Lord. If you don't get hedges in your life, if you don't understand there's some things that's got to be fenced out, and that's what your ministry's about, then you're not going to build the same thing that God's invested in. No, no, we're going to go slow. Brother Henderson, you, I gave you a couple of verses, sir, if you could read for me. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. For what nation is there so great? Who hath God, give, who hath God so nigh unto them? As the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. Yeah, so there's, there's no one like uh, us in the earth. What nation is there so great? And okay. what nation? Oh, yeah, so give me, I'm sorry, give me this just a second. You ready? When you consider the greatness of church, this is the comparison you have to make. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all of his praise? You ready? Only people that have been truly redeemed and have a lifestyle that shows I demonstrate something different than fallenness. Only they can show forth the glory of God's praise. You know what that means? He's a city, you know, and that's why when you read the New Testament, you're going to be like a city that's set on a hill that can't be. Why are you going to leave this city? Why are you going to leave this place? Why would you let anybody talk you into building less than this? Give us some more, Brother Henderson. And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law, yeah. which I have set before you this day? Yeah, whose who's statutes and whose judgments is like this? Uh, can I make it plain today? Do you think that the world around you is being blessed by Hollywood and the lies of all of the issues of fornication and adultery? Do you think they can find what they really need here? What your job is, is to say, there is a place of safety and help. There is a place of understanding where you can walk with God and experience the glory of what he's called you to be. 
we, we skip over to Psalms for us, Brother Henderson, and go to verse 125. I'll, I'll try not to preach all of this. You see, because I, I just want to say too much today. There was a rabbi way back in the 1800s that said this. He said, more than the Jews have kept the Sabbath, the Sabbath has kept the Jews. You ready? More than hold me keeping holiness, Brother Eads. Holiness has kept me. It's kept me from heartache. It's kept me from problems. It's kept me from struggling. It's kept me from all of the addiction out in the world. It's made me a better man than I could ever be on my own. A better husband. A better father. I'm not doing something out of a duty to some type of drudgery. I know that what's inside of this hedge is meant to protect me from wild animals that would get inside of here and destroy my mind and destroy my purity and destroy everything God has called me to be. Help me, Brother Henderson. I got I to gotta hurry. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, uh-huh. which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. Okay, I'm going to tell you, if you want your ministry to be built on something, you better make sure that it's going to be built on something that will last forever. It's more than your personality. It's more than what you can do on your own. It's the blessings of the Lord. It's right inside of here. I can build a life and a ministry and a family and everything God wants us to be. Yes. We're not bright enough. We're not strong enough. We can't do this on our own. But if you just get inside the hedge, he has some intention inside the hedge. He has some blessing inside the hedge. He's got the touch of everything that you need inside the hedge. Read some more for us, Brother Henderson. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. You, you, You know why God draws hedges, Brother Spooner? Come up here and help me. You ready? God doesn't put, no, no, you do whatever you want to do in your ministry. And this is Kilman, K-I-L-L-M-O-N. Don't put uh, IBC on the hook. Just quote me. Uh, let him send all the hate mail to me, Bishop, and not Brother Mooney. Okay, so what this means is, you ready? This is somebody inside your, your church. You ready? Uh, you can't go there. You can't do this. You can't. Now, I believe you should say, there's danger outside the hedge. But you turn into a little mini policeman if you want to, and you run all down right. to all the local places and try to put them in a hammerlock and drag them out all you want to. You ready? Or you can start preaching and yeah. teaching understanding yeah. that there's no blessing outside there. Yeah. You can go outside there, but you ain't going to find what you need for your soul. You're not going to find what will truly satisfy the heart. No, 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 come back here, brother. I got to go quick. I just want to preach all of this. Uh, So here's the thing, Brother Henderson. It's like the mountains around about Jerusalem. It's impregnable inside here. And I understand people say, no one, uh, that's just a stupid hedge. That's a stupid thing. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Now here's what happens, Brother Spooner. If you want to leave the hedge, you can leave the hedge. It's called free will. You ready? But when you step outside the hedge, this is what God is trying to say. There are some things that I'm invested in. There are some things that I promise to protect. There are some things I promise to bless. And if you had it, don't let them talk you outside there, Brother Spooner. Come on back in here. And God's saying, I'm not trying to lock you in here. You have free will. But I will tell you, there's some things that I'm invested in. And you can take that to the bank. Because if God's on the side of some things, I promise you, all of heaven will be about your ministry as long as it's inside the head. Thank you, Brother Spooner. Read for us, Brother Henderson. 
For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, yes. lest the righteous put forth their hands unto iniquity. You ready? You think the attacks of the enemy are not going to come? But the good thing is, Sister Emily, if you're inside the hedge of God's blessing, it can only do so much. That's right. And every, every weapon formed against you, what? It's not going to prosper because you're in the place of God's provision and God's protection. Amen. Only issue you got today is are you going to build your ministry inside the hedge? And if you will, you ready? Why, why is a hedge up? Because it's my property, God says. And I own this and I'm invested. I, I, I just have to quit, Brother Henderson. Thank you, sir. Old timers used to say it this way, Brother Rich. I'm just walking the fence row tonight. How many of you have been around cattle at all? Oh, we got some Texas people here. We got some Louisiana people here, maybe some Tennessee and Ohio. You know, got a few cattle. And what do you do? What do they mean when they talk, Brother Eads? They're walking the fence row. They're saying, uh, in terms of cattle, I got to... I got to make sure because every once in a while those cows or they'll get up against the animals or get up against the fence and they'll they'll pull uh, uh, something loose and you you ready uh, brother Hickman they'll they'll say maybe I can just lean against this a little and sometimes that cow thinks I can that, that grass just looks a little bit better and and it's a job of the rancher the caretaker to come along and say that looks a little loose let me just tighten that in tonight we used to have things called saints meetings in our church when I grew up bishop. The pastor would say, Wednesday is going to be a saint's meeting. That was a cue to a church. Don't invite any visitors Wednesday. Pastor's going to clean house a little. And what they did is they would say, I've been noticing some things have been slipping. And, and listen, the pastor was strong. And, and they would preach right down your aisle. They would tell you, this is what we got to do. I've been noticing some things. And if we're not careful, if we don't tighten this up, we're going to open ourselves up for attack. And I'm going to be on my job. Here's my question today. Are you strong enough in your ministry to walk the fence post? Are you afraid to tell people what they need to do to be saved? Are you into protecting what God has invested in or protecting your ministry? You ready? You got to be invested in what God has invested in and not protecting your image and protecting your popularity and protecting your pocketbook. You got to be invested in protecting what God has set you over. Walking the fence row. It's like Peter says, Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 4, whereby are giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that these, uh, by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, we have escaped some things. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 says it this way, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. And that means God knows how to be blessing into your life. I wish we had time to talk about Sadaqu and Mishpat. And, and I, I just handle Sister Angelina, wherever she is, and just turn her loose for a little while and let her preach again what she preached that day about your ministry being vested in righteousness. Why? Because righteousness is the opportunity to live outside of the fall, live outside of the destruction of the enemy, live outside the domination of sin. And he invites us into that. Righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Why are you about hedges? Because righteousness is the only place that peace can be built. If you don't get right, it's sequential in Scripture. You need righteousness before you can get to peace and joy. And if you want people to, how many of you want people to experience peace? 
They're asking the questions out there in the world. They're asking, is there any place that we can go and find answers for our home and our family and our society? And the question is, is can we offer them peace and joy? We can if we're about righteousness. The second thing, I promise I'm not going to preach all day. He removes stones. He said, the hill location is perfect. And I put a hedge around it first. Because if I'm going to invest in anything, I have to protect it first. Then he says, second, I need to remove stones. You go over to Palestine and you can find this out. That the the ground there is unusually stony. And, And before you grow anything, you had to spend a lot of time digging in the soil. You ready? And and removing anything that would hinder growth. And that's what God is about. Before he can grow anything, you have to remove stuff. That's why repentance is always before baptism. You ready? Uh, Billy Sunday said it this way. If you're going to be a good gardener, one of my favorite quotes in history, Sister Donaldson, he says, if you're going to be a good gardener, it's not enough to love flowers. you got to hate weeds. Here, you know what, Brother, Brother Ricky, this is, the, this is the issue in your ministry. Do you love people enough to tell them, if you're going to be a good man, I know that you say you want to walk with God, but if you want to be a good man, this is what you have to tell them. Look them right in the eye and say, you can't do certain things and be in a relationship with God because you'll never be the man that he intends to bless and use until you root some things out and say, some things cannot coexist. Well, let's look at the scripture. Psalm 119, verse 104. Through thy precepts I get understanding. How many of you want understanding? See, without understanding, Nate, you don't know where to aim people towards. Right? If you don't know what God's aim is, how can you point people there? But that's not all the scripture says. He says, through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. The question is today, is not only do you love truth, do you hate every false way? Look at verse 128 in the same chapter. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. You ready? And I hate every false way. What are you saying, Brother Kilman? Well, I tell you, Brother Sleva, you're in the jails. I remember preaching in uh, Marion County Jail number two. A young man come in there and he was uh, talking about how his life had been changed. And I had a, a relative, a cousin of mine on my mother's side come into the jail. We begin to talk to him. And, and, we begin, and see, it gets very, it's, it's one thing to go and preach in the jail. It's another thing when you realize that your cousin is in jail. And it used to not be personal, right? And here's the issue. When you start, Brother Cade, singing and being used by God and whatever venue the Lord puts you in, it's not going to be, it used to be for me not personal. But when they come to the altar and they begin to tell you the stories of drug addiction, they begin to tell you the stories of how their lives have been so, it becomes very personal. And I hate every false way. I hate every lie of the enemy that robs the young people and this generation of innocence and purity and it wrecks their minds. I hate every false way that tells them they're going to find happiness in a bottle somewhere. I hate every lie from Hollywood that robs them of innocence. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. 
And if you're going to be mighty, you got to pull down strongholds. How? By casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Because you got to get them out of there and in here, finding the obedience where the production is. Please be seated. Paul says it this way. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're probably never going to get there, you uh, all you in Corinthians. But I'm here now, Sister Alex. 6, 13 through 18. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak unto, uh, as unto my children. Be ye also enlarged. How can I be enlarged, Paul? It's very simple. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? You ready? There are some relationships. If people are going to produce what they need to produce. Now I'm going to get a little pointed now. Turn to your neighbor and say, buckle up. You ready? There are some things that you're going to produce in ministry. They will be robbed from you if you're unequally yoked with unbelievers. That means people walking away from the message. Nate, people not invested in producing what God is trying to produce. you got to separate yourself from some things if you're going to produce. Okay, I'll prove it to you. How many of you know there was somebody in your youth group and they, they were inside of here and they thought, I'm never going to get a date if I stay inside of here. I'm, I'm going to be single the rest of my life. And you, you ladies, the only thing worse than being uh, single and alone is being married and alone. I, I promise you, there are going to be, there's going to be a Delilah sent to you, sir. And she's going to try to talk you outside of the hedge and outside of the anointing. And, and there's Samson playing with his anointing. And he's got a destiny to shake off tyranny for his generation. And Sister uh, Labatt to deal with the threats that are coming against his time. And he's too busy playing around with his calling to be who God's called him to be. Some relationships are outside of blessing. You hear me today. I don't care who they are. The devil's going to send them and you have to decide, am I going to hook up who I am in terms of a relationship with somebody outside the hedge? I'm not going to date outside the hedge. I'm not going to partner with ministry outside the hedge. I don't care what so-called opportunities are available outside the hedge. I'm going to stay right in here where the blessing is. I'm going to stay right in here where God is working. I, I, I got to quit. Paul goes on to say in that same passage, What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye that are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will dwell on them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's right here. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Amos says it this way. Can two walk together except they agree? Are you, are you ready? Are you going to walk with me? Are you going to let me walk with you? You ready? Then there's some things that I promise you God is saying, I am not invested in. He's not invested in your popularity. 
you may achieve certain levels of notoriety. But listen, John the Baptist was only invited to the palace when he had to have his head cut off. And he's known as the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. When are you going to get tired of chasing a claim of the world and say, Lord, you make much of my life. I'm going to be right in here and I don't care if it's just in a little storefront somewhere. I'm going to be doing eternal work while other people can chase the applause of men. Now, I know I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to people who believe this. Then he planted a vine. And I wish we had time to deal with it. You could see where it's covenant living. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men. What does the rest of that verse say? And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. You ready? I got a, God says, I got some vines I want to grow. I got some precious fruit that's been protected. And I've, I've dug up the ground and I've, I've located it just right. So it will grow into the covenant people. And he says, Israel is my vineyard. You ready? I've got some preachers who are going to preach straight and they're going to root up things. You ready? And I'm going to produce some things in the life of Israel through that type of ministry that will bring forth covenant living. I know uh, people say it all the time. I want, I want to be a Book of Acts church. You've heard me rant on I'm going to rant on this until you really take it seriously in your ministry. <laughs> it's like, I want to be a Book of Acts church. Uh-huh. You, you look at the, uh, take any 30, 40, or 50 year period, depending on how long you think the Book of Acts is, and you stack up all the testimonies in 30 years, and I guarantee you, you can produce a Book of Acts testimony right now. Acts, uh, Acts 29, but see that. We're the, we're the book of Acts right now. How many, of you, how many of you have ever seen a miracle? We could write a book of Acts right now. Okay, and so if people just think that the book of Acts was all glory, brother, ease, and power. If we were just the book of Acts church, we could really reach our generation. Uh-huh, I think we already are. Brother Branch, Paul, and Barnabas have an argument over a young preacher called John Mark. And they don't have a prayer meeting, right? And they don't say everything's okay. They had bitter words in parted company. It's like church splits or organization splits. I know it's taboo to mention that. They're still your brothers and sisters, and you better be able to go to heaven with them and quit attacking them. Okay, I know. That's why I said Kilman, K-I-L-L-M-O-N. Don't quote anybody else. Me. Send all the hate on me. You ready? And then and, and we say, oh, well, we need to be, if we were only more spiritual, Sister Turner, we could have more revival. And the first issue in the book of Acts was uh, argument over whose widows we're going to take care of, and it was really rooted in racism. Don't you think we're already a Book of Acts church? But I'm going to tell you, all, I understand. You can, you're, and I love the way Brother Shargoa said it when he was here. I hope you caught what he said. He said, you're going to be offended in the church and people are going to let you down. And I, I hope I don't, but I'm probably going to disappoint you at some level. I wish I could talk to every one of you about every problem you ever had in the rest of your life, but I just can't do it because I'm a human being. And there's going to be people that you trust and they're going to let you down because they're human, Brother Branch. But you ready? All you have to do is look outside the church and realize, uh, I'm going to stay here because what I have inside of here is better than what they got outside in the world. My mama preached a sermon one time about Noah's Ark. And she started talking about the number of animals that were on the ark and talked about what... uh, Anybody ever... Any weird people like me? Every once in a while I go, "What, what would that produce on the ark? In sheer terms of weight, of waste. Forgive me for that. And my mama said, you know, you're down there with an elephant, and even if it's a baby elephant, maybe they got the babies, male or female, it's still going to have a, you know, a lot of stuff after they eat. 
Sister Sully, it's going to be bad. You ready? And Noah and his sons and their wives, they got to deal, you ready, with the mess inside the ark. And my mama said, I understand there are a lot of messes in terms of personality. And you're going to be here at Bible college, and there are going to be personalities that you bump into. And you're not going to get along with everybody. And you're going to have to learn. They're the body of Christ. And you're, you ready? Then you're going to step outside of the protection of these walls, and you're going to realize that's your district, and that's your section. And you're not always going to agree, and you're not always going to get along in terms of personality. But my mama reared back and began to preach, it's better in the stink than in the storm. And you ready? I, I can sit on a pew next to somebody and have issues by the road and bush, but I'm not going to let anybody cause me to be lost. I'm not going to let anybody cause my soul to go to hell. I can go to church with them, but I don't have to go to hell with them. I can stay right where I am. I, I'm almost done. Man, I wish I had time to preach everything I want to preach today then he built a tower brother Henderson would you mind me using you again sir let's grab this chair I want you to just can we slide it right here he built a tower that'd be fabulous would you mind sitting in there today I've been abusing poor, uh, he, uh, whatever you need to pay me back with <laughs> And the Bible says he built a tower. Why build a tower? To stop thieves. See, it's the watchman. Ezekiel the prophet says it this way. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. God is calling you into ministry. And part of your job is to warn them. There are people that are going to come up and they're going to, you ready, want to steal the precious fruit of your production. And if you're going to be a real pastor, you're going to have to tell them those people are only interested in your money and using you to exploit you for their own ends. Your job is to warn them. Well, you don't have to do all that if you come to my church. We could really use you at my church and they will... Use you. I, man, I wish I had time to deal with all the ethical issues. If you get into unethical people and you let them talk you outside of the hedge of the good godly leadership that the Lord has put in your life, look, you do that at your own peril. You do that at the risk of your ministry. God has set the watchman on the wall to be in defense. And he says to him, When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, well, I don't want to be known as a bad preacher. That's just negative. Who, who can teach on holiness? Who can preach on holiness? We should just go and get them to shout a little bit at the camp. Now, I tell you right now, we're, in our movement, there's a shift, Brother Rodenbush. There's a shift towards the desire for people to come and preach and teach strong what we believe. We want to understand who we're called to be, not just apostolic identity. We want to know what it means to be in a covenant relationship with God. It's not just an identity thing. He says, uh, when, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speaketh to warn the wicked from his wicked way, uh, to save, everybody say, to save his life. The reason you preach a hedge is to save people's life. He said, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. It doesn't matter, Brother Matthew, what you preach or what you don't preach. Truth is still truth, and it's still going to destroy marriages, and it's still going to send people to hell. The question is, are you a strong enough watchman that will stand up and without fear or favor really love people enough 
to tell them what they need to do to be saved. He said, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Sometimes you got to stand in the pulpit and you got to preach your conscience clean. I just got a word today for you young ministers. Are you going to be a strong enough watchman on the wall? I got a 16-year-old boy that needs a youth leader. I got a 16-year-old boy that may be here, Brother Branch, in two years. And, and you ready? Is there going to be enough doctrine still here? Is he going to be able to rub shoulders with people that will help him find what he needs to find to be effective in his generation? He says, yet if thou warn the wicked and he turn not for his, from his wickedness. I know not everybody's going to stay in your church. Not everybody's going to like you. Brother Andrew, if you preach it straight. But the Bible says, yet if thou warn the wicked and he turn not from his wickedness or from his wicked ways, he shall die in his sins, but thou hast delivered thy soul. What does that mean? First of all, Brother Henderson, it means... Do I have anybody in my life that's sitting in this chair that has veto power in my life? If nobody can tell you what to do, then you can't be protected. You ready? And the second thing is, am I strong enough in my convictions that I have identified the laws and the precepts of the Lord so clearly that I can say to them, this will not bless you. Isaiah 62, 6, I have set a watchman upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. How many of you want to be the Lord's representative? Then you can't keep silent. You've got to cry out the things that need to be heard in your generation. Let me close with this. The wine press. After all of this is in place, the fruit has grown. Did you know that there can be people that are inside a good place? Now, I'm going to make the application IBC. I know there are people that flout the manual. I know it's not technically posted, but you upperclassmen know better. What's the spirit of the law anyway? But we make this a good place. We put strong hedges up around this place. We preach and teach doctrine strong. We do everything we can to say, here are the things that will destroy your personal life and destroy your influence. We root out stones. We're into doing, you ready, placing people in the right position to grow. Watchman on the wall. Don't hate Brother Gallion. He's trying to save your ministry and reputation. And if you get, and I understand, people make mistakes. If you make a mistake, it doesn't mean you're a zero. But it means, you know what, can you take rebuke? If you can, you have an ideal place to grow. But still, IBC. You can talk about other institutions. I don't want to do that today, Brother Drew. I want to talk about Indiana Bible College. Indiana Bible College, with all of these conditions right, still there have been people that produce wild grapes. Free will. And at the end of the day, something's going to happen. There's going to be a, a day of trying. I remember I'm sitting outside of a the cafeteria, talking to a young man when I was in Bible college. And I said to him, if you marry this girl, I'll do, Amy and I will do everything we can to support you. We'll love you. We'll help you. You ready? But if I would be remiss as a friend if I didn't tell you that this is the worst mistake you're ever going to make in your life. 
Unfortunately, because my voice, his pastor, and lots of other voices in his life, he listened, and he didn't marry that girl. Two months later, she and her whole church went into the charismatic movement. That young man went on to preach many places and camps and conferences and and do great things for God. You ready? But somebody had to tell him, you're about to make a mistake and produce something that's going to be uh, destructive. Let me close with this. Brother Henderson, you can go back to your seat. Thank you, sir. Here's my invitation today. Bishop, you opened 42 countries. You've been on your post. You've walked that hedge a long time. And, and you've told me personal stories, and I won't violate any confidences, where there have been young ministers that come under your tutelage, and you've had to protect the missions program by guiding them away from bad theology. And t- You ready? Just tighten in the fence post. Look, somebody, all you missiology students, somebody is going to have to be strong enough. When the elders are gone, somebody's got to take this seat. And is your commitment in your ministry strong enough? Come on, stand with me. I, you come to me. I just have to quit. Isaiah five fourteen. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their and their multitude, and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. Hell's enlarged itself. There's all sorts of people, brother Sleva, that are just willing to go outside the hedge. There are all sorts of young people your age willing to sell their ministry and, 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 and give it away. So here's my question today. If hell wants to enlarge its territory, can I find maybe just a handful of young people that will say, if hell's on the prowl, I want to make sure that my influence is large. I want to make sure it's right. I'm willing to step in and I'm willing to be the voice. Now listen, if if you're not willing yet, you need to just pray, Lord, put some willingness down inside of me to preach sermons that's going to cost me relationships. I'm going to have to say things that I don't want to say so I can get people where they need to be. Close with this. First, First Chronicles 4.10. There was a, a, a book, Brother Michael, it was written a few years ago called uh, The Prayer of Jabez. It's a good book. I'm, I'm glad it was written. It, it, it takes this passage of Scripture. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me. And the book concentrated, Brother Sleva, on enlarging influence and reaching people and outreach. And that's right. But what, what, did, what did the book of Chronicles say? What did Ezra mean when he compiled this text? What did he mean? He says, and that thou, thine hand might be with me. How is God's hand going to be with me? That thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. See, that's the ministry that God calls us to. There's a place where we can be kept from evil. We can live life without grief. It's called holiness. Reconciliation to God and His purposes. And that's what God is calling you to do. Come on now. That's when I'm I'm, going to quit. Bow your heads with me. My, my, my. 
See, here's what we don't want. And I, I know you don't want it. I just want to stir up your heart today. I don't want IBC to be complicit in producing ministry without hedges. Profession without the ability to produce. Pentecost without a Calvary. Having a form of godliness but no power to deliver people. God is saying, I've called you for more. God's saying, I've done everything I can for you. What are you going to produce? That's your conviction. Would you just with me say, Lord, I commit to it. I commit to it, God. I understand you've never restricted me from anything that would bless me. And I need to make sure I have the confidence to preach this and teach this and believe this. Amen. Come on, would you, would you look at it? Consider your opportunities and the privileges that the Lord has given you. And then ask yourself personally, what am I producing? And what am I going to produce in my ministry? I want to make sure it's not wild grapes, God. I want to produce good fruit. I want to produce good fruit, God. I don't want all of my labor in ministry to be in vain because I've been plugged into the wrong things, God. Strengthen us today. Help us to embrace our destiny who we called to be, Lord. Call them out of darkness and into this marvelous light. We're going to be about apostolic ministry. We're going to be about true ministry. We're not going to just attract crowds, God. You want to prepare a bride. We give ourselves to it, God. Come on, our time, our energy, our talents invested right here. God is saying, partner with me. Partner with me. Partner with me. Paul says we're labors together with God. And if you will, God says, I will. I want to make you aware again of the IBC Live tickets that are on sale now. Uh, IBC Live is going to happen February 2nd, 2018 at 7.30 p.m. And in order to get to that event, you have to have a ticket. So head on over to indianabiblecollege.org forward slash IBC Live. If you're on a desktop, you can purchase those tickets there and choose your seat. If you're on a mobile, it'll just assign you a seat and then you'll have to email us and we'll have to try and get that seat switched. So I would suggest heading it over to a desktop site. 